0: Welcome to the Power of a Woman podcast. This podcast is centered around helping you reclaim and finding yourself as a woman, connecting with how you want to feel in your life and body and changing the narrative on not only how we approach health for women, but also how we treat ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves. I'm so grateful you're here. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to The Power of a Woman. I'm here with Bethany Reyes. We're both in Michigan, um, but I heard Bethany's story almost two years ago on another podcast. And during a time when I was probably still in a little bit of the struggle and didn't quite know my power yet, and I found it super inspiring. And I just love where she's at now from where she has been. And I feel like it would be such an amazing story to share with you. So welcome. Thank you for being here with me.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm excited to have you. Um, I mean, being in real estate in Michigan, right? Being a mom, you've got several different hats you're wearing um, throughout the day, but I would love to know how you got to where you are now and what kind of inspired you to build what you have now.
1: Yeah, it's been a journey. So I grew up in Southeastern Michigan. Um, you know, lived with my family there, was raised there. Then after I finished college, traveled around a lot. I lived abroad. I learned Spanish. Um, I met my first husband. I finished my degree, my master's degree from the University of Michigan and became a clinical social worker. Um, And I had gotten into clinical social work. Uh, My stepmother was a, a clinical social worker And, you know, I really felt called to, to help people and to be in the helping profession. My family was all in the helping profession. So it was all I really knew also and got into it, started working it, um, pretty quickly realized that it was a lot of very, very hard work and systems that were very broken Um, but you know, when you're young and you just get out of school, you have lots of energy for things and you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the best I can in the system. I moved around, did, um, outpatient mental health. I worked in a clinic and I lived in Miami for a while, worked for the university of Miami pediatrics. We worked with moms that were HIV positive. Then I moved up back to Michigan, worked with special education children, um, and did that for a while and uh, ended up getting divorced. When I moved back to Michigan, um, there were some events that had happened in my ex-husband's life that now I have some clarity around what exactly happened. Um, he is from uh, Central America and um, through the process of looking for his visa and waiting for his visa and doing some other things, there were some really traumatic Uh, things that happened he actually lost a friend and was witness to a lot of it and it was very very traumatic and in the moment I didn't realize how much that had impacted him so that's kind of a new part of of my story that I haven't shared yet out loud is that um, now realize and it comes full circle when when I get through the story why this is important but you know things started to get really bad in my marriage I was living with my mom we had moved back to michigan from florida we were living with my mother we were going, we were in the process of buying a house actually and looking for houses doing all of that and his he had just really our relationship had just be, escalated and became more and more um, volatile and unhealthy and abusive and physically abusive emotionally abusive and he just was not well he just was not well and, um, luckily I was living, um, with my mom, so it made it easier. You know, I know for a lot of women in these situations, they stay in them a lot longer than I think than than I did because they don't have support systems. As and as a social worker, I know this to be true, right? If you don't have the support systems around you or an example of somebody who's gotten out of a situation like that, it's very difficult. And we we sit and we sit in situations, whether it's a marriage or a job or um, anything in our life, we sit in these situations. And as women, we are constantly searching for the hope that things could get better. And, and also then internalizing, what am I doing? Am I doing something then trying to fix the situation, change the other person um, because we're nurturers because we're people that see so much beauty and positivity in other people and want to believe the best out of them that a lot of times, and men get burned this way too. We all get burned this way. Yeah. Um, But I, I knew the superpower for me came from being a mom. I know that if it was just me, I would have stayed in, in, I would stay in any situation longer um, than when it was me and my son, or if it was impacting my son. I, I, there were so many parts of life that I felt that I felt like were out of control that I couldn't protect him from that. I couldn't change the world in the ways that I wanted to for him as he came into it. But this was something that I could do. I could create a safe home for him. I could step away from something that was unhealthy and that was dangerous for, for me and him in that mo- in those moments. And so, you know, through the support of my mother and some friends, like we um, separated, I had to get a PPO personal protection order, had to go through the whole thing, the whole thing called police, everything, like all the things that, um, you hear that women have to go through all the struggles. People don't believe you, all the struggles, the police don't believe you, all these struggles. Like it's a, when I talk about it now, it's so crazy to me that I actually still went through that because it's such a different, I'm in such a different space. So I tell you like the nitty gritty details because I know that there's women sitting, listening to this going, once you hear where I'm at now, you're not going to believe that that was me or that was my situation before. But that's the power in my story is the transformation. So in order to understand the full transformation, you have to know how difficult it was. And, um, you know, I was a single mom. I was working, making Teacher wages, because I was working for the school district, never make enough, um, couldn't take my six days without getting in trouble, just beat down in every aspect. I felt like I was trying to do the right thing. I was trying to do what was best for my son. I was trying to be a good worker. I was trying to save money. You know, I bought a house on my own. And it needed a ton of work. And I was just trying to, you know, my mom was helping me with that and just trying. And it was just, it was hard. It was so hard. Like every day when I opened my eyes, I'm like, oh, I'm still in this life. And it was so hard. I didn't want that life anymore. And one of my girlfriends called me and through a series of events, I started playing in sales. And they're like, You're, you'd be really good at sales. You'd be, and I'm like, listen, like I can't do commission-based. I'm a single mom. I had all these limiting beliefs. I had lots of stories, conditioning in my head, things I told myself of why I would not be able to do it. Yeah. But then I would come home and I would sit with my son and he would ask me how my day was. And I would have to lie to him and say it was okay. And he would know it wasn't okay because they're very intuitive. They know, especially if you're a mom with one child, you know, they are like, when you have multiple kids, it happens too. But with one kid, I just feel like there's not as much going on. There's so much more focus on, on each other. And he just knew I wasn't okay. And he was like, mom, if, if I can do anything, if you're telling me I can be and do anything I desire in life, like, why don't you just do, why, why is your life like this? Like he was like two or three. It's like, why just choose a different job? Just choose a different thing. Like you're telling me all these things. And so it was this, this, this message that I was telling him that didn't align with what I was doing. And then that felt bad. That felt so so horrible to be trying to preach something to my child, but not be living it. And then that was really the catalyst. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. I was like, I remember telling my mom, I will be a gypsy in an RV, like in a little van with my son traveling around before I go back to that job, to that effing job. Like I was so (laughs) done with it. I had a, a male boss who did a lot of the same things that my ex-husband did. It was very triggering for me. I discovered, you know, I had PTSD and I was being triggered at work, um, got into therapy, had just the most amazing therapist, thank God. And he really helped me to see, I thought I had an anxiety disorder. I thought I was um, depressed. And I was a clinical social worker. I had the same degree as as my therapist, the exact same training as my therapist. And I was like, I'm having panic attacks. And, you know, with love and ease after a few months, he's like, Bethany, I think, you know, it might be something else. And as soon as he told me, it was a strange revelation for me because I wasn't upset. I was so glad to know what was wrong, like to have a different word for it. Because when we view things of just as a mental illness, it feels like a death sentence. Sorry. It feels like a death sentence. It feels like
0: I'm stuck with this forever. Yeah. It,
1: it feels like you have no choice. You're living in it. Okay, I'm going to take meds. Okay, yeah, maybe therapy, but like, this is just me. This is just me. This is who I am. And as soon as he started using the words, you know, with trauma, PTSD, like I I knew from my training that I could heal my brain. Now what I know to be true is that 99% of us that are walking around with something that is difficult or that we like to label as a mental illness Is something that is, is based in trauma. So many of us are living with trauma, whether it's from when we were little, and it doesn't mean that you had to have been in an abusive relationship. You don't have to be a a, a Vietnam vet. Trauma is what it is for you. It's trauma for me can be different for you, it's all the same. So I started to work to really heal my brain with him. And that changed my life. And so I moved, I was able to then make the decision of, yes, I'm going to try sales. So I tried it. I started playing in it. And then I tried a different type, a couple different types of sales. And, um, my one girlfriend called me who lives in DC and she said, you got to do real estate. Like you got to do real estate. This is what you should be doing. And I was like, you are fucking crazy. You are so crazy. You don't have any kids. It's a hundred percent commission. There's so many of them out there. I had limiting belief, limiting belief. This is why I shouldn't do it. This is why I shouldn't do it. This is why I can't do it over and over and over programming, all the things coming up, coming up, coming up. And I was like, you know what though, if she believes in me, That's enough right now for me that I can hang my hat on her belief and I can ride that wave. I can just ride it because I, I, I trusted her belief in me more than I trusted myself, which is sad, but so grateful that I had somebody in my life like that. Yeah. So then I left my job, just cold Turkey and um, started working real estate the first six months, the first, you know, eight months were really, really rough. I cleaned my girlfriend's toilets. I waitressed in a not nice area, in a not nice bar, in a place that I was embarrassed. I had a master's degree from the University of Michigan, but I didn't care anymore. I was like, I don't care what my degree says I should be doing. I don't care what I've thought I should be doing or what I've been told I should be doing. I'm just going to do whatever feels good. And if it doesn't feel good, I'm done doing it. If it's not healthy for me and my son, I'm done doing it. Like I was just, I just released it and kept grinding at, at, um, real estate. And then it just, after about eight months, it just clicked and it just started rolling. The business started rolling in, rolling in. I started, you know, posting on social media about my story. People were really interested and like you know, everybody loves to pull yourself up by the bootstrap story. Like everybody loves that, especially Americans, right? We love that. So people started kind of rooting for me. I felt, I felt like I had gained some momentum. Um, And, you know, now I'm here, I have a team that I've started and I'm remarried to a beautiful, amazing human being. Um, And he is everything that I dreamed of and manifested and didn't think I, I believed he'd existed, but for so long didn't Right? like, do men even exist like that? Like, am I ever going to find a good one? They just don't like exist like that. And I, (laughs) and then when I started working and playing in law of attraction, I was like, well, if I, if I don't think he exists, I'm never going to find him. So I have to start believing that he exists. Number one. So if there's something in your life that you desire and it's eluding you, it's like, do you truly believe that it exists? Like, do, are you even really trusting the fact that the universe has it out there for you? And so then, and using law of attraction has like completely tra- changed my business um, through coaching and programs and all of that. And now bringing agents in and, you know, our, my company name is the better co and our, our slogan is doing doing business a better in a better way, and the whole idea is that business doesn't have to be heartless. Business doesn't have to have; it, it can have purpose. It can have meaning. It can change lives. It can create impact for my clients, and also for the people working for me. So everybody on my team has a super powerful story. My husband has a powerful story also, and um, and then the really beautiful full circle part is now. I've been able to invite Gabe's dad back into our lives and they, you know, he doesn't have a typical relationship with his father and that he sees him every day, but we have a healthy relationship. And so I've, and I've forgiven him and I'm able to have him in my house. He knows my husband. He interacts with my family. And that was something that I never dreamed possible either. So the power of it all is, is, is in the healing of, of, of myself, you know, and the healing of myself and then allowing others to heal around me because I'm talking about it and inviting them on this journey to show them what, what can be possible.
0: It's amazing too. And, you know, going back to that a little bit too, being a single mom in those times and making different jumps for things that has to be scary alone. Right. And, and it can be for so many women who are probably hearing this, they can sometimes feel paralyzed by the fear Mm. that they have in that, because it's the fear of like, well, what if it doesn't work? Right. And where you're at right now, while it may not be what you want, maybe it's comfortable, right? Maybe, maybe it's okay. And what, if somebody's in that, how did you get out of that fear or how, I mean, you don't get out of it. Right. But like, how did you move through that versus sticking with it?
1: Your why has to be more powerful than the fear your why. So my why was my son. Now my why is myself, but I I know that for some women, we just can't, we're not there yet. And it's a process to make our why ourselves to make our number one us. Um, Because I, and the reason I know, and the reason I am that way and the reason why we, we, need to grow and desire, should desire to be that way is because when we are number one, when our why our, our drive is for ourselves, we, as women, we're nurturers, we're givers, we're automatically giving to those around us. We're inspiring those around us. We're inspiring. We raise the next generation of humans, you know? So it's so, there's so much power, but I would say anchor yourself in To something that's a really powerful why for you and if it can be you if you can start to move into that and realize that everyone has fear you're no different than me you're no different than anybody else who's gotten through something and at each new level I encounter fear I have fear right now because I want to do things I haven't done before because I want to grow again and I, I encounter fear But I've become friends with fear. (laughs) I realized that like, if there isn't some fear at some point, then I'm probably not pushing myself to grow to the next thing that I desire. So getting comfortable with the fact that the messages that come in our mind of, well, why are you doing this? You're probably, you're just probably like, it's probably not going to work for you or I shouldn't quit my job or I can't go hundred percent commission. You know, I had the stories of, um, you're not, you don't, you don't have health insurance. Like you're not going to have health insurance. You're going to have to pay for your own health insurance. I'm like, you're already paying for your own health insurance guys. Like this <laughs> takes it out of the paycheck, you know, or like you can't be a hundred percent commission. You're a single mom. Like talk about the scary, scary story and fear that all of that holds. And, If I would have lived in that, I would have stayed making 40 K a year and struggling instead of triple quadrupling and on and on and on and being able to provide. I've now been able to provide medical care for my son that my insurance doesn't pay for because it's alternative medicine because I have cash. Like these are, these are other people's stories. They're not your stories. So when, when the fear comes in and you're like, you can say, is that mine? Is that my story? That's that single moms can't work 100% commission, I was like, well, I mean, if you're making six figures, and instead of 40k, like, I'm pretty sure I'll be all right. right. So like, that's not my story. I don't choose to believe that. But the the other powerful piece, and this is in my coaching program that I do. So I'm coaching um, small business owners I haven't like specifically made it women, but it ends up being women. And this is the one thing that um, has been a beautiful lesson for me to discover is that women are so hard on themselves, so incredibly hard on ourselves. So when we look back at a decision that we made that we don't like or something that's happened or the, the spot that we're in in our life, we're very hard on ourselves, incredibly hard on ourselves. So the first thing that I do whenever fear comes in or regret, or, you know, which is all fear-based, anything that's scarcity, you know, anything that's in that realm of love and fear, right. Whenever I'm in the fear feelings, I, instead of getting angry at myself, which then just spirals me more into fear, I'm anchoring myself into love and appreciation that at that point in my life, I did the best I could. And that that belief got me to that point. And that was such an important lesson that my coach taught me such a powerful lesson. I had to be working a W-2 job, I had to be working in that job until that time, because that's what was serving me. And those were my beliefs that got me there. And they served me to that point. So then rather than getting upset that I'm 40 years old, and I feel like I just found my career five years ago, or feeling behind, I have love and appreciation for my journey and knowing that that's where that's, it got me here. But if I want to go to the next step, what do i have to shift what do i have to let go of in order to really activate all this power inside of me because there's way more power in lo- in love than in fear like there's way more positive beautiful things waiting for you when we're living in love for ourselves than when when we're living in fear fear just spirals us you know and it just brings all the things it's like the story i always use this analogy but the woman who's like, oh, men always cheat on me. They always cheat on me. I just like the, our men are just all, they're all, they're all pigs. They all they are. And guess who's the next guy that she dates? A pig, right? A cheater. Like somebody, you know, she is manifesting this. And it's not because it's your fault, right? you have some pain. She, that woman has some pain. It happened to her, her, it's, it happened. She has some pain around it, but now it's, you don't, you don't have to carry it anymore. It doesn't have to be your story that all men cheat. It doesn't have to be your story that, that you're 35 and it's too late to do anything different or that I'm only known as a mom And that's just how people know me. And I can't be a businesswoman or I can't be something different. As I decide, we tell our kids that they can be whatever they want, that they can change their mind. Why don't we have the same grace and love for ourselves?
0: That's so true. You're, I think about like past times I had a business coach say the same thing to me. I spent so much time in my masculine energy through a lot of my life because I needed to and it was a survival mode for me I needed to power through that's how I I needed to kind of like will myself through things that I was at but it also made me very successful in previous careers that I was Mm. in but then when I transitioned to owning my own business I had to like face my shit basically and I had Mm. to like come forward with it and I had to recognize that maybe what served me then isn't what's serving me now and that's okay right it's it's okay at I'm 35 now, right? It's okay at any point in your life to recognize that the way I've been doing it isn't the way that I want to keep doing it. And I can change that. I don't have to feel this way. My life doesn't have to feel this way. The way I'm doing things doesn't have to be this way. And it is, it's when you start to get on that side and you start to recognize that's not how I want to do things. You start to see the other stories, that people would tell themselves. Um, it's funny, We were, so we're building a house and we went and did our design stuff yesterday. And I picked like straight iron um, farmhouse style, like railing for the, the staircase. And I remember my mom's first comment was, well, is the baby gonna be safe? Is he gonna be able to get his head through? And I was like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? But then I said to my husband, I was like, I recognize like she's very full of fear of a mm. lot of different things, right? And I had to recognize like, well, that's nothing for me to be worried about, right? Just, I don't even need to worry about that. I know that's fine, it's her fear. And the more you can recognize people project their fear too, you can take what's yours and leave the rest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still get, it's crazy. Like at every every level that you're at, you, you encounter those things, but how powerful for you that you were able to realize that's her story. That's her belief, and and not even we're taught to be like almost like aggressive about it, right? Like, oh, don't tell me that. And it's like I can love my mom yeah. because something happened for her, some conditioning life, whatever, something happened for her that she lives with that, those fears. And those are so those are her stories right now. Then they could have been passed down from somebody else instead of getting angry at her loving and understanding that, because that's the only way to really not take it on. Otherwise I feel, you know, if you draw it in with being upset about it, then you're just in the fear vibration too. You know, you're just in a different, of it pulling in well every now every time you look at those railings what are you going to think even if you don't want to believe it if you're angry that she said that what are you going to think you're going to think about the railings and the baby's head and it's like no uh uh-uh i don't choose that as my story that's my mom's story i love and appreciate that she's coming from a place of trying to look out for me and my family and that she somewhere along the line that happened for her that she picked that story up, but I don't have to choose it. So if we meet it with love, then we can truly not attach ourselves to it. If we meet it with anger, then we're like, even like the anger that I had for my ex-husband, the anger that I had for him, it it didn't heal me. It doesn't heal me. I had to figure out how to move past and understand why this man was, doing those things. And, and I didn't have answers for a long time. It's not even that I talked to him about it. People say, well, I can't heal the relationship with my dad. I, you know, I don't ever see him. I heal relationships with people that I don't see all the time because it's not about them. If we attach it to them, then they have the control too. Also, we're we're having an expectation on on them saying something or doing something, but it was just dots and things that I connected through my healing. You start to see other people's pain. You start to connect dots. Like my, my husband, he was married before and he had a very difficult first marriage also. And as I connect dots to, oh, my girlfriend said this to me about her husband and it triggered me, like, you know, she, he was telling her what to do. And like, it just like, oh, it just like, rather than thinking, well, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a stern feminist and I just have opinions. I know what triggers feel like inside my body. It's different than having an opinion. I know that feeling that like it's bubbling up inside of me. I'm like, Ooh, there's something there. And then I get, I get the gift of figuring out what it is. And it doesn't always come to me right away, but I figured out is because my first marriage, my ex-husband went through a period of that after I had a baby of like, why are you wearing this? Why are you going to the gym? And like, it was so, it was still with me. I was carrying that around, that anger towards that pain, towards those interactions. And I had to realize that he was so miserable. He was in so much pain that he was trying to control me because he was in so much of his own pain. And I had to find love and forgiveness for him without even talking to him, without even knowing if that, if he would think that that's the truth, it doesn't matter. I know that to be the truth because as I've healed and used and healed my wounds, I know this, these things to be true. So then when my girlfriend now says things about her husband or whatever, or somebody else says something else about a man, I sit and I wait and I recognize that it's a trigger for me. And then I decide if I, I don't have to participate in the conversation. If I think that it's still something that I haven't completely worked through, or I can even be honest about it. Yeah. I'm probably not going to like talk to you a lot about that because it's, it's something that I'm still working through and I don't want to dump my shit on you. So it's, you know, it's like, that's, there's, there's so many ways that your own healing and growth changes the whole world. And it, it changes everything you do, everything, every obstacle that comes up in my life. I no longer see as an obstacle. I'm like, this is an opportunity what can I learn? How can I do something differently next time? Or maybe this path isn't right for me. Maybe I'm supposed to do something different. Maybe, maybe, you know, rather than I heard the story of there was this man who something, you know, that everyone thought was bad happened to him. And they'd be like, Oh, that's, that's horrible. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's bad. That's bad. And he would say maybe, and then something else bad would happen and he would, you know, everyone had an opinion about it and he would just say, maybe maybe, Maybe, maybe. And it was the idea that he was open to the fact that the universe had a different plan or more of a lesson that was coming and that he didn't even have to make a conclusion about it yet. And I was like, wow, that's so powerful. Like you don't have to even know the answers to it all, why things are happening in your life. We don't, when we're sitting in the crap." We're not able to see the lessons in the mes- message right away, but it's just that next step. It's just that next step, right? Like that, just take that next step that, you know, so if you want to quit your job, you want to leave a relationship, you want to, you know, ask for a raise, whatever it is, take the next step that, you know, you feel in your heart, not in your head, in your heart to be the right next step and just take the next right step. We don't have to see the whole path. Women, we like to see the whole path. We would like a map with a compass and a tour guide. Hey, snacks along the way. Great. No, just take the next step. That's it.
0: And part of that too, needing to see all of the path, right? I noticed this in myself a lot when I wasn't fully finding security with myself. Mm. I needed to know the plan and I needed to see what was going to come next to feel safe. About yeah. it, right? And sometimes it's not, it's not anything other than you're not feeling safe. But I didn't know that. I had no idea. I th- just thought it was me needing to make wise choices and the right decisions, right? And that's that's not something that's always going to be there. We need to find the safety in ourselves. There is not, I think we all should have probably recognized in 2020 that you're not guaranteed anything, right? <laughs> that no matter if you have the best corporate job that pays really well. You could have lost it, right? You're just as safe in that job as you are in the person who runs their own business, right? But at least mm-hmm. the person who's running their own business is in control, right? But you, we have to recognize that there's a level of uncertainty in no matter what you do. And as mm-hmm. soon as you know that, you can actually start to find that safety in yourself and move forward. And I think it's important what you, rec- what you said too. Everybody comes from trauma, but it's okay to say that you came from trauma even if you weren't a war bet even if you didn't see something horrific. Right. I um, might, when my dad passed away from cancer, I was having PTSD from it, but I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And it felt crazy when a psychotherapist told me, he's like, I think you're having some PTSD when we were working through it. And I was like, what, what are you, t- I, didn't, I wasn't in Iraq. Right. Like I didn't experience these things. So there's no way that I could be having something like that. You have to not compare the things that you've been through to what somebody else has because how it impacts you doesn't, it doesn't compare to how it impacts them. It doesn't matter what the severity of something is.
1: Mm-mm. And there's, it's very, it's grossly, grossly underreported. Yes. So don't, if you feel, if this is speaking to you, if this is like, oh yeah, like I feel like I'm having panic attacks. Oh yeah. I have a lot of anxiety. Oh Yeah. Those are all things that are rooted in an experience that you had. You can call it trauma. You can call it something that you can talk, you know, all the things. But like when you were talking about safety, like that's our root chakra, right? So like I've done a ton of tons of chakra work. And as I dug into it, I was like, oh, well, you know, I, when I was 10, uh, I was surprised because my mom and dad got divorced and that like shook my world. I, it was so unexpected that I I was so surprised that it scared it, it created this feeling and this anchoring belief in, in me that things will happen unexpectedly all the time that are going to hurt you and upset you yeah so like there's all kinds of things maybe you moved around a lot when you were young maybe the house was just unstable it can it doesn't matter. Like these are all your real experiences and like denying them doesn't help identifying them, loving them, healing them and understanding no matter where I work, no matter where I am, no matter who I'm with, I'm safe because I have myself. And that's a very, very powerful, powerful feeling that takes many of us a while to get there but as you start to feel it it's like no matter where bethany works no matter where she sells houses or she doesn't sell houses no matter if she has her husband or she doesn't have her husband like i will always be cared for because i have myself yeah i have myself and i trust myself and i'm always going to be okay because i've healed those safety issues that i had and like those All of it is connected to something else, and our mental. and I can say this because I was in the mental health profession. Like I am like still licensed, I think for another year until it just drops off, but I'll always have my degree. Um there's just not a lot of a you if you if this calls to you, find somebody who works with people with trauma and don't be scared to to reach out to them if you're if you feel like Well, my trauma is probably not enough. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like those therapists that work with trauma, they're they're they have beautiful tools. And then you or do other things. Everyone's healing can look different. Like I've done therapy, I've done shamans, I've done chakras, I've done religion, I've done spirituality. Like I've done all the things. And for me, it's a blend. Whatever calls to you. People are where do I start? Like I don't know where to start. I can't go to Sedona tomorrow. I have five kids. I can't, you know, um, I can't afford therapy. I, you know, or whatever it is. All right. Okay. So we're not able to do that. What are we able to do? Are we able to download a book? Are we able to go to the library and get a book about something that's calling to my soul to read? Just listen to yourself. We're not taught to listen to ourselves. We're not taught that we know what's right for us. I, I thought my hormones were imbalanced a couple months ago. And I like called my friend who does that. And she goes, well, if you think your hormones are imbalanced, they're imbalanced. And I was like, that was like the most beautiful thing anyone's ever said to me. And that really stuck with me about everything. If you think that you have trauma, you have trauma. If you don't think you have trauma, you probably still have trauma. (laughs) But You (laughs) can start working through, like, I don't know what chakras are. Okay. Well, I'm going to go read about like, we have access to so much The other part of it is as you start to grow is really aligning yourself with people that are like-minded and this is difficult and many of us are on this journey where now we've outgrown people or relationships and and so figuring out do I need to adjust? So in social work, we talk about rings of friendship and I love this analogy because the the ring that's in the middle is like you're really, really close people and it kind of goes out and we actually use that analogy for, for a special education children and stuff, but it work, it's for everyone. Just because somebody was at the center of your ring for the majority of your life, if your ideals and your your um, journey is taking you somewhere else, it's okay to shift people inside the ring into outer rings or to not even be in the ring. Because ultimately if you're doing what's best for you, it's always what's best for other people. Yeah. And you, your growth will not, you cannot grow at the rate that you desire or without having women are, we're, we're tribes, we're people that are meant to be together, we're meant to learn together We're meant to grow together we're meant to heal together I, yes, I go back on my own and do things, but like there is a, a very specific purpose for women in groups healing together. And so find other women that are on this journey and, and, and align with them. Find women that are doing what you want to do and align with them. We don't have to be jealous of women that are doing what we do. You know, like my business mentor, you know, Could you say that again? my business mentor, she's, you know, doing lots of things that I desire to do. That, I'm, that I could sit here and go, well, it must be nice because you don't have kids. Yeah. I would be a millionaire if I didn't have kids too, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I can't, that's not the story I choose to believe. Yeah. That's not the story I choose to believe. And I desire her to be in my life so much. And I, and I know that being around her, inspires me and pushes me and makes me feel great all the time to have her in my space so I don't want to have feelings of jealousy towards her I don't want to have comparisonitis with her I'm on my journey is just as special even if it's different and that's okay and it can be you can be I have women that I'm coaching that are in their 60s in their 60s and they're like it's too late you know and it's 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 funny in some ways when I hear that because I'm like, God, I remember thinking that at 30 and you'd want to like kick me in the face for saying that if you're 60. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's the same thing. It's never too late to choose yourself. And it's never, and it's always going to be best what's best for your kids. It's always going to be best for the people around you, but it it takes some bravery. It definitely takes some bravery.
0: I think you made a good point too, right? In the very beginning, especially if you're a mom, I can find a lot of times moms especially I think sometimes get paralyzed in the the mom struggle and they sit in it and sometimes you have to ask yourself like do I really want to get out of this like do Mm. I really not want to be feeling this way because if I don't then I've got to stop identifying myself in this, right? Being a mom can be challenging. It can be, I choose to say it's uncomfortable, not hard, right? It's uncomfortable because my daughter triggers things in me that makes me dig into myself and think like, why is that triggering for me, right? Mm. It's not her. She's four years old. She's meant to challenge me and grow and try to find herself right now. It's uncomfortable because my son is just crazy, right? He's everywhere. He's an 18 month old baby, but it's uncomfortable. And I could choose to say like, God, this is so hard. I can't take time for myself. I can't go work out. I can't eat healthy. I can't do these different things. But instead I could ask myself, well, how can I do these things? Right? How can I make this possible? Maybe my scenario doesn't look the same as my girlfriend that doesn't have kids. Maybe I do it differently and that's okay. But you do, you have to ask yourself, do I want to stay in this and identify in this struggle? Or do I want to actually and desire to get out of this? And I think what you said about your circle is really, really important. I think a lot of times when people think of that, they think like, well, I just have to like cut ties with this person, right? That's not the way it has to be. It could just be maybe having a boundary within yourself of what you are, like you said, willing to discuss and not willing to discuss. Or maybe you skip out on a few of the nights where they're out drinking until midnight, right? Maybe you're right. doing something different, but you don't have to cut those relationships. Mm. You just need to honor what you need within it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, lots of lots of decisions like that I've had to make, and lots of relationships like that that have faded away. And and circling back to the mom thing one of the things that in my mastermind group with the other women I said once, and like, they always remind me that I said this. And I like, now it's like a really, it's a really strong belief for me. And, um, you can take it. If you're listening and you have kids, you can totally take this belief and you can ride it and you can have it. And it can be your own is that actually being a mom is my superpower. It's one of my superpowers that I'm a mom. I created a human, Yes. And I am showing that human all of the parts of my journey. And I'm so excited that he's going to get to do his journey earlier on than I did mine, that he as a young man is already going to be examining things he's been through, his choices, how things go the things he hears, you know, when he turns on the news, when he goes out in the world, he's questioning things. He thinks about things. He has this perspective of, of cure in this curiosity towards life, not just this, I have to get a job. I have to, blah, 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 da, 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 da. and, and so even though I have, you know, and I have six kids now because my husband has five and I have one. Now we have six. Um, so it's really easy the first year that we lived together, it was incredibly easy for me to just be like, this is hard. This is really hard. I'm, I'm not going to have any time for my business. Uh, this is like, I, I don't know if I can do this. Like, there's not enough of me. Da, 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 da. And so I had to change those stories. The, it's not enough of me. Like, I, I said that to myself when I had one kid. Now I got six. I better figure this out. Because if I say that to myself there's really not going to be enough of me. And the new story I have is they're getting more now than they've ever had. That's where I'm able to get, I'm not able to quite get to there's so much of me. I'm abundant all over the place, but I know his children and my children are getting more now than they've ever had before. And every day they're getting more every day. And every day they're learning to give themselves more. So it's like, reframing my whole idea of what parenting is. Yeah. Like becoming an entrepreneur, which is crazy, right? Like who would have thought like becoming an entrepreneur and healing myself, like has made me a completely different parent. I used to be really, my mood used to be really attached to, um, what I, what I saw as him being successful quotes in that, you know, air quotes successful or unsuccessful. If he was being unsuccessful, I was a mess. It was my fault. I internalized it. It's all me. How could this be this way? Like I'm a professional woman. I I only have one. I should be able to get this right. Like all of these things. And one of the beautiful lessons that my husband has, and I are both working on, and he's helped me a ton with is that just like I inspire my, my team through my leadership, I inspire through leadership. Ultimately it's their job to lead themselves. Yeah. And the sooner that women can understand that it is, yes, we can inspire our husbands. We can educate our husbands. We can be all these things, all these lead our husbands, our family, all of these in different ways. But we also have to let them lead themselves and we, and them leading also. Right. So like in the relationship with a man and a woman also. Right. Like being able, one of the big shifts as an entrepreneur woman is like, we are in that masculine and then we go home and we're in the masculine and we just spew masculine at our husbands and our kids and our kids don't always need that. Our kids. And it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like you go home and you start and you get home and you're doing these things and you're checking boxes and you're disciplining and you're doing all these things and it doesn't feel good. If you feel that way, it's likely that you're not living in, in, in your feminine energy of being nurturing, you can still set boundaries and be nurturing. You can still. And so that's something I, I, I work on a lot right now is, is just living in my feminine energy more with it and letting people lead themselves and realizing it's not my job to lead my husband. It's not my job to lead my kids. It's my job to provide a roof. It's my job to provide food. It's my job to show them, you know, lessons to be learned, let them see how beautiful the world is, how there's opportunity in every obstacle, all of these things. But it is not my job to make sure they don't fall. It's not my job to make sure that everything is perfect or that they get all A's or that everything is, you know, just picture perfect. That's not my job. And, and, and like, that's what we do. That's what we do is we, we take it on, we hold their mood, their success into our mood and our success. And it's, it's not fair to them. It's not fair to our kids and it's not fair to us.
0: That's so true. My husband and I have been going through that for the last like year after we had our second, I realized that I was taking on a lot with our daughter. And then when our second came into the picture, I was like, I can't do this anymore I can't carry everybody's stuff. Right. And we had to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations around like, Hey, you've been relying on me for a little too much. Right. And I love you. I'm not like, we're doing this out of love. Right. But like you need to step into your own and take the reins on some of these things. This isn't my job to carry this right for everybody. And because I was just naturally taking that on, he wasn't needing to. And I think it's really important, especially if you are a mom to kind of recognize it's not the time, it's not the kids, right? It's not any of that. Those are not the reasons that you're not, or you're having a hard time. I had a client once who she was working full-time and her excuse why she was struggling with stuff was time. She's like, I just don't have the time. I'm always busy. I don't have the time. And then she quit her job. And then she had all the time and, uh, and her kids were gone at school during the day and it still wasn't happening. So I was like, listen, we got to have a little come to Jesus moment. Like it wasn't the time, right? It's you and it's the willingness and the understanding. Like, let's dig into this. Why are we resisting it so much? And why are we pushing it
1: so- scarcity is a real thing. And I struggle, struggle, struggle with it. I'm working on it. I'm driving. We're driving. We're driving, living in scarcity of time. We're getting ready, living in scarcity of time. Everything. And like, it doesn't, like if, this is such a big concept that I like won't jump big into it, but like start researching and start playing in the idea that time is an illusion. Start playing in the idea that if you're rushing or that you're saying there's not enough time because that's me, I'm not, that's totally me, totally, totally me, that, um, that everyone has the same amount of time. And that time is an illusion and that the more that we're anchoring in and that we don't have enough of something, we actually don't have enough of it. So like that huge, huge thing for moms with all the moms that I coach, it's huge. And for me, I haven't completely like worked through it by any means because I find myself like, you know, going 90 down the freeway. And I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa. And I'll stop. And I'm like, Whoa. Okay. First of all, is it worth it? No, it's not worth it. Second of all, if I'm rushing so fast, I actually forget things. I miss things. And then I have to circle back around. This happened the other day with my son. Perfect example. He was late for school. I was upset at him because he's late all the time. And I look like a bad parent, you know, all these things. And I had to let go. I'm like, I have to, this isn't, I'm not a bad parent because he didn't do what he was supposed to do. So I drove him to school. But we were rushing, rushing. Gotta get there, gotta get there. Get all the way there. He doesn't have his shoes. I have to drive all the way back home, get the shoes. If I would have slowed down and I wouldn't have been living in that scarcity of that, we were already late. There's not enough time. It's not enough, not enough, not enough. If I would have said, okay, let's move purposefully. Do you have, you know, if, and this is his job. Do I have my backpack? Do I have my shoes? Do I have my computer? But I have to demonstrate that for him. And I didn't demonstrate that for him. And I don't always demonstrate for them. I'm rushing out the door, grabbing all my stuff. And then I'm like, why do you forget things, Gabe? I can't believe you're so irresponsible. And then I'm like, I forget things all the time. Yep. I'm coming back in to get my coffee mug. I'm coming back in to get my cell phone. I'm coming back in. I leave the gym three times because I don't have everything with me. So it's like, how can I change what I'm doing so that I can actually say to my son? Yes, this works. Look, before I leave, I sit. I take a second. It may feel like you're going slower than you want to go but it's actually going to be faster because you're being purposeful and intentional, but like, that's with their businesses. That's with our relationships. That's just with how we think. If I'm, if I'm noticing that I'm quote unquote short on time, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be, instead of saying, I don't have enough time. I'm going to be very intentional with my next 10 minutes. I'm going to be very this morning. When I was getting ready for the podcast. I was like, I couldn't find something. I start to get flustered. And I'm like, I don't have enough time. I don't, I'm like, wait, I'm just going to be very intentional because that's the next step I can get to. I can't say time is abundant and there's so much of it. I'm not quite there yet in my journey. I will. Next time we talk, I'm that's where I'm going to be. But right now I'm just like, I'm going to be very intentional with these 10 minutes that I have. And it's more than enough if I'm intentional.
0: I think that's important too, that you recognize that, right? You're not expecting perfection out of yourself.
1: You're mm-hmm. letting
0: yourself take this in layers. You're letting mm-hmm. yourself work through it. You're giving yourself grace through the process. And I think that's important for anybody to realize too, is there's no perfection that comes with this. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect that like, you're going to start working on this stuff and it's just like the heaven's gates opening and it all just like happens, right? You're, you're moving through these things in layers. And I think one of the things you said in the beginning too was, Hearing your son ask you that, I think that's really powerful because so often, especially as a mom, but as a woman in general, when we prioritize ourselves, we are very often taught that it's selfish. As women, mm-hmm. we're taught to be self-sacrificing. That's the sign of good mo- good womanhood, good motherhood. Um, and it's actually the opposite when, because if you think about that, if you look at the examples, right, it's you looked at the struggle, you saw the exhaustion, you didn't see the the example that you're trying to go after. So if you're recognizing that you can see like, wow, you know what, if I prioritize myself, it's actually selfless because Mm -hmm. I'm showing my kids what it means to step into their power. I'm showing my kids what it means to give yourself grace, what it means to expect better of yourself, but to give yourself the time to process and grow and learn. Instead of telling them to do it, I'm showing them how to do it because our kids especially learn so much more from what they see from us than what we tell them, right?
1: I, if we, this just kind of clicked for me, but if we saw motherhood as a leadership role, yes, yes, I think that that would change the world and it would change your world. Because if you see mothers being a mother as a leadership role, rather than just a caretaker, yes, yes, nurturing, absolutely. Nurturing, loving, all of these things, creativity, all the feminine energy, but also leading. And when we lead, we're putting ourselves, we're leading by our own example. When I lead, when I'm my team, I'm like, okay guys, I want you to send out, you know, five, phone calls today. If I don't do the five phone calls, who am I to say to them, do five phone calls? So you have to lead by example. And if we're stopping and looking, because they are, they're mirrors of us. Our, our children are mirrors of us. Um, and, but then at the same time, if we're leading and they, they choose to lead in a different, they choose to do something a little bit differently. That's okay too. Okay. As long as it's, you know, they're moving into like the healthiness of their life and like the, ner- the all the good things of their life, right? It's okay if our kids choose a path that's different than ours. It's okay if our kids, you know, aren't going to go to college or go- aren't going to do whatever it is that we thought we, before our kids were born, we had an idea of who they were going to be. Yeah. And sometimes we get really, really stuck in that idea of who they were going to be. And we don't let them just be who they are meant to be. And so if we allow ourselves to be who we're meant to be, we're leaving room for all of our children to be who they're meant to be and to play and, in in who that is. And to say, today, I want to do this. Oh, today I want to play an instrument. Okay. I'm kind of done with that. Now I want to do this other thing. Now I want to do this other thing. Let them be, let them figure out who they're going to be on their own. And if we're doing that as leaders rather than just caregivers, it's, it's a, it's a way different, um, skill set that they end up with.
0: I love that. That's such a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's like stuck in my head.
1: I know you just helped but- me come <laughs> to that conclusion. I'm like,
0: oh God, I'm I'm <laughs> i got going to write this down.
1: Because you're taking good. notes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very true. And it's very powerful. And I think it's a good, like, visualization like you think of a leader you close your eyes and you think of a female leader what do you think of her she's confident she she's inspiring she's a good listener but she's also very solid and 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 how things are going to go and in her beliefs of how 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 it's going to be so it's like that is so powerful for kids to see is like I'm going to go through my day leading myself so that when you go through your day you're leading you're, you've learned to do that.
0: Yeah. I love this. What's the best place for people to find you if they want to connect with you more?
1: So the best place um I'm on Instagram, it's Better with Bethany. Um and uh my website is thebetterco.com so you can find us there. And yeah, that's probably the easiest easiest way.
0: Perfect. Do you have anything coming up that women can work with you in?
1: So I have right now, I have a mastermind group, uh, happening and it's called activate your business. It's all about how to integrate a lot of the things that we were talking about into your business. Um, and then I'm doing, I'm doing a couple free live classes and I have one, one one-on-one spot open right now. And then also just building this real estate team. We sell everywhere. Even if you're in a different state and you're like, God, I really wish I could find a real estate agent like you, but I'm in Arizona or I'm in Texas. It doesn't matter. I can find a real estate agent that is like minded wherever you are. And if you're in the, um, if you're in Michigan or Metro Detroit area at all, we're here to service you and in the most beautiful supportive way, um, through that whole process. So lots going on.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for your time today. I will put your Instagram and website and everything in the show notes too. So if anybody's listening, you can just go click those on the show notes.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks. And that's it for this episode on the power of a woman podcast. If any part of this episode resonated with you, I would greatly appreciate you giving it a review, sharing it on your social media and tagging me for another woman who may need to hear it too. If changing the narrative is something you're ready to take action on, my coaching programs are set up to help you do just that. We will address the nutrition, movement, lifestyle, stress, gut health, and hormonal needs that you individually have as a woman so that we can help you feel your absolute best and own your power too. Connect with me on Instagram at Brooke or head over to my website at brookerazzy.com to learn more.